how the Rams will beat the Bengals on Monday Night Football. We've got keys to victory, matchups, X-Factors, predictions, and more. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your four-time champion Los Angeles Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, and let us know. Give us your prediction for tonight's Monday Night Football game, Rams-Bengals. Let us know down below. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade, the Lakers for SI, the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation. Now the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA. He's in his eighth season covering Los Angeles Rams. He's known as the People's Champ. You can follow him on X at Travis Rogers. And a reminder that today's episode of Locked On Rams is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your jobs for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now, on today's show, we've got our predictions for tonight's Monday Night Football game. Bengals, Rams, 515 Pacific. We've got keys to the game. Matchups need to know. But first, Travis... The Rams were a part of history a little bit yesterday. The Rams no longer hold the record for most total yards in a single game. The Dolphins made history on Sunday. They beat the Broncos 70-20. to Dolphins gained 726 yards against Denver, which edged out the Rams' record of 722 yards, sending a 54-14 win over the New York Yanks in 1951. But the question I have for you, Travis, is you saw the end of that game McDaniel had an opportunity to kick a field goal to set the all-time record for most points in a game. What would you do in that situation? Me, I'm not kicking that field goal. I'm faking that field goal. I'm going for the <laughs> touchdown to make that record even harder to beat. Well, I think the question is, right, whether or not Sean McVay would have kicked a field goal. We saw him kick a weird field goal uh, a, a week or so ago against the Niners, so maybe he would have set the record. I was watching that game, D-Mac, and I'm thinking – Man, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen 70 points in an NFL game before. It turns out I haven't. The last time it happened was 1966. As old as I am, that predates me by five years. It's only happened four times in the history of the league. That was bonkers, and I think it has as much to do with the Broncos being terrible as it does to the Dolphins being really, really good. Exactly. I love how everyone's saying, oh, he was being classy. Oh, really classy. He just already Definitely. scored 70 points. Forget classy. Forget your feelings, man. I'm trying to set that record. Broncos <laughs> country, let's ride into another losing season. But let's get yeah, into this one, Travis. And now I think the first big question, we kind of have to talk about it one more time. Is Joe Burrow going to play? But mm -hmm. I think I want to remind our audience out there that even if he does play, it's going to be in a diminished capacity. Now, the Bengals are listing Joe Burrow as questionable for Monday night's game versus the Rams do that calf injury. My theory is I think maybe he owns half of Theragun, and this is some <laughs> conspiracy. I'm sure that they're selling more Theraguns these days, but sure. what does your gut tell you about Joe Burrow tonight? For me, I feel like they're so desperate to win this game. They can't fall 0-3. If he can give it a go, he's going to be out there. 
I think he's going to play. And, and if he doesn't, that's good news for the Rams, but I think he's going to play because of what you said. There, there are two things happening here that I think uh, lead you to believe that he's going to play. Number one, no one said he's not going to play, right? If he was not going to play, I think we would have known that by now. Number two, and I was talking with some people in and around the Rams that said, look, when you pay a guy that amount of money, you got to play. If you can walk, you go play. And Joe Burrow just got a huge deal. And this is part of the, uh, the the understanding when you take a contract like that, that if you can go out there, you go out there and do it. And, and then lastly, DMAC, like you said, which I think is incredibly important, is even Joe Burrow at some sort of percentage less than his best, right? Or we're talking 75 80%, 50%. It's probably better than 100% of Jake Browning. It's probably better than 100% of whatever offense they would be running without Joe Burrow. Even if he's just a, a fraction of what he may be when he's at his best, it's still probably a lot better than what they have on the bench. I expect him to play. If it's a complete disaster, I'm sure they'll sit him down. But I, I would be very, very surprised if we don't see Burrow start the game tonight in Cincinnati. Yeah, I think it's important for Rams fans to realize that even if Joe Burrow is under center, this is not a situation where, oh, he's out there. He's going to still be having the same plays, running the same offense, because you've already seen if you watch any of these Bengals games this year, you'll notice there's no very dropbacks where he's putting a ton of pressure to plant his foot. You're not seeing him hit Jamar Chase on those deep verticals. In fact, Burrow's gone three for 18 on throws beyond 10 yards outside the numbers, 17 of 20 on pass attempts under 10 yards over the middle. Jamar Chase's average depth of target this season is 7.6. That's down more than two yards from last year at 9.8. So they are game planning differently with this version of Joe Burrow because he's compromised because of that calf injury. And then on top of that, you didn't see him during training camp, building that chemistry rapport, getting up to speed. So this almost feels like another preseason game for Joe Burrow. Yes, he looks a little like Ke- like Macaulay Culkin, Kevin McAllister. This isn't the home alone peak Kevin McAllister. This isn't the no. home alone peak Macaulay Culkin. This is when he was in the band, the pizza underground. <laughs> we look haggard like he was one of the robbers from home alone, right? This is not peak Macaulay Culkin, right? This is this version of Joe Burrow is diminished at the moment. Yeah, look, he, he's he's not. He's just has not looked like himself all season long. The preseason, I, you know, it's funny. We get to about where we are in the schedule right now, DMAC, you know, week three, four, five, somewhere in there. And I, I think you can tell the guys that need to play a little in the preseason and maybe some guys that don't. Clearly, Matthew Stafford is a guy that can not play in the preseason and step in there and look sharp and look ready to go. And I think a guy like Burrow probably does need a little bit of time. We saw it last year as well where they got off to an 0-2 start now. They also ended up in the AFC Championship game last year, too. So I'm not exactly throwing a bunch of dirt on this team quite yet. But uh, if he plays, and and like you said, they've got some other playmakers on this team. If he can be out there, and we know that the Rams' defense is still a work in progress. We know that that secondary is still probably pretty vulnerable uh, to some things. We know that the one thing that the Rams have seen before that has neutralized their, their pass rush is getting that ball out of the hands quickly. I would imagine that's a priority, knowing that Burrow can't move around all that well. So while it's not perfect for the Bengals, and the Rams certainly have a great opportunity in front of them, I think Burrow will play. I think he'll probably play reasonably well. I think Zach Taylor will probably put together a game plan that makes a lot of sense for him. And I think the Rams are going to get a pretty good Bengals team tonight. 
Yeah, and speaking of that game plan, I think you'll see them try to get the ball out of his hands quick. Sure. On the season, he's averaging 2.31 seconds on his average release time, that second to two attack of Vailoa. But also, this Bengals offensive line versus this Rams defensive line. Only three sacks so far for this Rams defensive line. If you look at their pressure rate at 25.5%, that's decent. I think this is a great opportunity for Aaron Donald to really show the world he's still one of the elite defensive players in the game. If you look at Joe Burrow so far this season, he's been sacked three times, but he's been hit 11 times. Yeah. That's tied for the second most of any quarterback. So if he's in there, you got to make it uncomfortable. You got to disrupt him. And if Jake Browning's in there, I think you're looking at one of the worst backup quarterbacks in the league. I mean, that's Maybe. something that we've seen in this league for the last couple of seasons is certain teams prioritizing their backup quarterback. Well, Brandon Allen left for the San Francisco 49ers and Browning. He did not look good during preseason. Don't ask me why I'd watch Browning in preseason this weekend. <laughs> I have truly no life, but I'm telling you that that's the matchup to keep your eyes on right there. If he's in. Yeah, well, first of all, he may be the worst backup quarterback in the league, but he's still better than Zach Wilson. He's still he'd still be a, a starter in New York if uh, if he had an opportunity to go there. So let's not maybe maybe Justin Fields as well uh, in Chicago. But look, th there's an opportunity here for the Rams that Aaron Donald, like you mentioned, has not gotten off to the start that we've come to associate with Aaron Donald. That you have a quarterback that presumably is not particularly mobile because of an injury. You have a defensive uh, tackle in Aaron Donald who has not had that breakout game of the season so far that usually he has had by now. Uh, this could be a very good night for the Rams if those two things come together. And there is a path to success for the Rams in this one. We got the path to success and keys to victory. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right, DMAC, let's talk about our pals at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. And you need to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You need to make sure that you have the right pool of people, right? Like a draft. Think about it, right? You don't want to be picking in the fourth and fifth round. You want to be picking in the first round. And that's what LinkedIn jobs can do. You add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus all candidates. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we're off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special shout out to our everyday listeners out there watching every episode, listening to every episode. We saw you guys in the comments last week. We appreciate you for that. And you can be an everyday listener too. Join the club. Membership is 100% free and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, Travis, here in our second segment, we're going to get into these key matches. Matchups. I think one of the biggest ones to keep your eyes on tonight is Darion Kendrick versus Jamar Chase versus sure. Higgins versus Boyd. Can he be, do enough to neutralize that trio when he's matched up on him? I think kind of the big first thing we need to talk about is this wide receiver trio is very different than the wide receivers we saw against the San Francisco 49ers. They're not those yak monsters that the Niners are. They're really more vertical threats. You've got the catch radius of Higgins. I think that 
with the compromised quarterback and you don't have necessarily the same vertical threat of Jamar Chase, there's a chance tonight that they could have some success. Yeah, I think so too. And I think you pointed out the reason why, right? This is not big, strong, physical guys that are going to catch the ball in space and then just try to, you know, make you miss or maybe just run you over in the case of, of Debo Samuel. If you can keep these guys like Jamar Chase, like Boyd, like Higgins in front of you, I think you've got a real good chance to 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 maybe not stop them, but at least not make it be the the nightmare that it can be if they get behind you. Uh it, it Kendrick's been a really interesting player for them so far this season. There's been some ones that make you go, ay, 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 and then you're just thinking, okay, this isn't. And then there's a lot of really good stuff in there as well. There's been a lot of mixed bags in the back half, like we talked about at the beginning of the season, DMAC. The Rams secondary in week one, hopefully, is better by week three or four. Hopefully, it's better in week eight than it was in week four. And just kind of continuing to make those improvements. This could be an opportunity because they've gone up against some guys, right? You think about who they saw. They saw Metcalf and Lockett in week one. You saw Samuel and, you know, Ayuk a little bit in week two. George Kittle, you've got a bunch of playmakers, Christian McCaffrey. So this is another opportunity against a very high-level group of guys. Maybe next week against Indy, that, that, that talent level comes down a little bit but uh, I, I agree with you I think this is something to keep your eye on and if they can stand up a little bit I think the Rams have a very good chance to win this game because I think they're going to score points I do too and I think when it comes to Jamar Chase and stopping these receivers one thing I hope we see tonight is a better job not biting on those double moves I do not yeah. want to see Darion Kendrick getting beat on a double move we don't want to see what happened in week one against DK Metcalf and I think you look at the key to stopping them schematically, I think you want to play tighter to the line. I think you want to know that their playbook is going to be limited because they're not going to be going as deep and throwing those long shots down the field. I think if you play tighter coverage, we've seen teams have success in the past with some cloud coverage against Jamar Chase. You really cap him with the safety. You take away that underneath and you prevent that back shoulder fade that he throws with Joe Burrow so consistently. So, yeah, it's easier said than done. Jamar Chase, one of the more talented receivers, but his yards per target is, has gone down this season. The underneath route has really been the priority for them. So I think she's got to force it to the inside, and I think you have some help there, and I think that's really the number one key to really stopping Jamar Chase. By the way, I want to point out, Travis, yeah. a lot of people in the comments in the last episode all said that they can't wait to see you do the gritty because they they're whole, they already screenshot it. I've had people say they download the episode. So, hey, you're locked into the gritty across SoFi Stadium after the Rams win the Super Bowl this Happy year. Happy but... That would be the easiest price to pay in the world for a Super Bowl championship. Just one of the fire, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm in. I need, to, I need to figure out exactly what it is. But uh, after I do that, I think I could uh, – I think I could knock it out. One other thing you mentioned about those double moves, and, and and I agree with you, that's something that he needs to get a little better at. Those take time, right? You got to give the quarterback time for those things to develop, and that does not feel like something they're going to have a lot of tonight with Joe Burrow being kind of stuck in place because of that calf injury. So Rams might have caught a little bit of a break there. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you look at Kendrick's weaknesses, and that's his speed and athleticism. We're talking about a guy possibly a 4840 right at his pro day. So today, though, he definitely has the advantage in that if you're gonna match up with these guys, it's a, either a limited Joe Burrow or a yeah. Browning. So I definitely think this is a big game for Kendrick, and I think he's gonna be one of the big X factors tonight. But next big key. Get this running game going early on. Kyron Williams in this running game, I think, needs to pound the rock, control clock, because the Bengals, they've allowed 192 yards rushing per game this season. That ranks 31st in the NFL. We're talking about a team 28 in run defense DVOA through the first two weeks. Allowed 13 explosive plays so far. That's the most in the NFL. That definitely is an area that Sean McVay can exploit. 
Well, okay, look, I, this may be me putting on my conspiracy theory hat here just a little bit. I would imagine that Sean McVay wants to be right, right? Sean, they, they want to win the game. They want to go in two and one. They want to have a little momentum going into next week against Indianapolis. They want to keep pace in the NFC and yada, yada, yada. Everybody, every human being, they want to be right. They want to be able to say, hey, I told you so. And the way he's right is by saying, we don't need Cam Akers. The way that he's right is by saying, I told you we don't need that guy. We've got the right guys in the building. And Kyron Williams could be the beneficiary of Sean McVay wanting to be right, whether it's carries, whether it's throwing him the ball, whether it's any opportunities that they're going to find a way to give him. I think you're on to something, DMAC. I think that Kyron Williams is going to play a very big part of what they do tonight. Not just because he's had a good start, not just because he's a good football player, but there's a little bit of, hey, watch this coming their way when it comes to that position. I love that point, Travis, because I think that that makes a ton of sense with Sean McVay. We know that he's going to say all the right things when it is. comes to the media and he's going to say, oh, wish and well, this and that. But at the end of the day, he knows when it comes to Cam Akers, that juice wasn't worth the squeeze, right? right. And like you said, he's someone that Ky believes in Kyron Williams. I think Kyron Williams in this game, he's got a big advantage because one, we know the burst he has, the vision he has, but also two, I look for him to be a threat as a receiver out of the backfield, something that Cam Akers neglected to do. He didn't want to develop that skill. Kyron Williams tonight going up against Logan Wilson. He's given up seven receptions on 11 targets this season. So look for the Rams to take advantage of Kyron Williams receiving ability. Week one, two against the Seahawks when they control the football, they control the clock. They had a consistent running game. We saw that 12 personnel more, right? They ran the ball 37 times, saw more 12 personnel. Week two against the 49ers, only three plays from 12 personnel. So I think tonight with that suspect Bengals, rush defense. I think you're going to see him go back to more 12 personnel and prioritize the run game. And then on the flip side too, Travis, another big key three, stop the run. Look, Joe Mixon's been a bright spot for this Bengals yep. team. you got a limited Joe Burrow at best. Mixon's averaging 4.4 yards per carry. The Rams though, 31st with an average of 5.3 yards per carry allowed. So it's going to be a big test for this Rams run D to step up tonight. The Rams defense is still, I think, kind of an unknown commodity, right? That, that first week against uh, Seattle, it, in the first half, it wasn't great. But in the second half, once they got a lead, Seattle had to go into more of a passing attack, and they were able to stand up to it pretty well. Against the 49ers, it's the 49ers, right? They're going to move the ball. They've got all of these different weapons. you got McCaffrey and Ayuk and Kittle and Debo and all of these. So it's they're a very hard team to match up against. I think this is a better feel for what it is they are defensively, right? Because you're looking at Mixon, like you mentioned, who's off to a very nice start, but they're fairly one-dimensional at this point because Burrow is dinged up, because Burrow isn't quite right. So I think we're going to get a pretty good feel of exactly where they are, both in the passing game and, and, and in the run game. I'm still skeptical. You know, I, I, I'm glad that the Rams are where they are record-wise, but I do think that having seen what we've seen from the offense so far at this season, they're going to be able to score points. The question is whether or not they're going to be able to prevent them. And if constantly we're dealing with a team that's scoring in the mid-20s to the 30s, that's putting a lot of pressure on Matthew Stafford and Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams and Cooper Cup when he comes back. They're going to have to find a way to hold some guys down. And, and today's a good opportunity because if you stop Mixon or, or Mixon, I should say, if you can keep him to, you know, 70, 80 yards or so, that's a pretty good night because I don't think Burrow's going to be able to light it up on that leg.
I agree 100%. When you look at the Rams quarterback, we know the biggest key, of course, protect Stafford, keep him vertical. Yeah. So far this season, he's been hit four times, sacked just once on that one sack. There's a little miscommunication there with Shelton and Ankrum during the 49ers game. But I think also on top of that, win that turnover margin. I mean, we've yeah. seen Stafford play really well this season, but really haven't been punching in the end zone. One touchdown, two interceptions. I think both of those you got to put in context and really both of them you can make a case weren't his fault. We'll get too in deep with the weeds in that. But I think for him, if he can stay upright and have time against this Bengals defense, you're talking about a Bengals defense that has a pressure rate of 13 to half is the fourth lowest in the NFL. So that tells me that Stafford's going to have time to cook, has going to have time to carve. He's going to connect with Puka Nakua tonight. We'll see if he has another big game. Well, you said something interesting, I thought, on the crossover episode we did with the Locked on Bengals guys the other day. The everydayers, uh, you know, will remember this. Rams haven't taken it away yet. You know, they, I, I would love to see them take it away a time or two and really kind of flip the possession game on you, right? We, we've talked about how they've been able to kind of control possession against Seattle, and they did a great job there. Uh, I, I think that that was part of the game plan against San Francisco is do not let all of those offensive weapons on the field all that much. And the way that you can really just is take it away, just take away possessions from the other side. Now, maybe there's not a lot of opportunities there considering that they're green in the secondary, considering that the pass rush has been – average at best and maybe a little bit below it, especially from Aaron Donald so far, who's going to get doubled and tripled like crazy. But a takeaway or two can really flip this stuff and take what could be a pretty close game and make it a slightly more manageable one if you can win that turnover battle. That's going to be big. And yeah, they, let's get a first turnover. That like tonight, yeah. we need that first turnover. I'm looking at guys like Kobe Durant to be aggressive. I'm looking at a secondary that not only hasn't had interception, but only two pass breakups on the year so far. So you want to see an aggressive secondary making plays. Of course, it did get close. Sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce your way, like yeah. we saw against San Francisco. Debo's fumble and the snap that went off of George Kittle right to CMC. So, yeah, sometimes the ball just has to bounce your way, but definitely want to see them mix it up tonight, get a fumble. And you mentioned Aaron Donald. So far this season, the all-world defender, four tackles and a half a sack. Of course, we know he draws the double teams and the triple teams, and offenses are focused on stopping him. But tonight, against his Bengals team, that has the interior offensive line that really isn't one of the best in the league. I think it's one of the worst. I think they have a, that he has a chance to do damage and be disruptive. But how about this one, Travis? Next key of the game. We haven't talked too much about him this season. I'm looking for a big night from tight end Tyler Higby. So far, he's caught six passes for 61 yards. He's seen 10 passes thrown his way, which is fourth on the team. I think for him, those intermediate routes against the Bengals are going to give them fits. I'm looking for Higby in the red zone for a TD tonight. I would love that, and I hope that you're right. And if it's not Higby, it needs to be somebody other than number 17, right? As good as Puka Nakua has been, I would think that tonight may be the first night where the opposing defense is coming in with an explicit plan of stopping Nakua, which means Higby needs to step up, which means Van Jefferson needs to step up, which means some maybe Tutu Atwell gets in the end zone. Tutu's been really good for the Rams so far, but Jefferson, Higby, and some others have really been pretty quiet so far through this. Higby, I love that as a candidate to kind of have a, a breakout game to get into that end zone. We've seen him and Matthew Stafford hook up before and look really, really good. But uh, somebody other than Puka Nakua is going to need to be a part of this passing game. And really the only guy that has been up until this point is Atwell. Uh, I don't know how sustainable that is. So we're going to need to find a third guy. Van Jefferson, I 
I love you, buddy, but it just hasn't happened over the course of the last few years. So, you know, I'm going to go with what I've seen, change my mind. I don't know if he's the guy to do it, but I have seen it from Tyler Higby. He's a great choice. That is going to be so key. Can Van Jefferson do anything? Of course, they're trying to claim that, of course, his vertical routes have been able to help this offense. But, yeah, he's going to have to update that LinkedIn if he doesn't figure some things out because he needs to have a big game. I think you look at this Bengals defense, they've struggled to stop tight ends. Look at the first couple of games. They lost Jesse Bates and Von Bell. You got yep. Dax Hill and Nick Scott there. They've looked good so far, but they've allowed a touchdown to Harrison Bryant in week one, Mark Andrews in game two. So I think that Tyler Higby has a big game tonight. But coming up next, Travis, we've got our predictions. We're also talking about this Monday night football slate, two Monday night football games. How do we feel about that? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right. Let's talk about DoorDash, DMAC. Did you burn that last piece of toast? Are your avocados, are they just not quite ready yet? The hot sauce ran out, right? How about you just go to DoorDash? Everything you need delivered from DoorDash, everything you want delivered when you need it, right to your door. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites for a while now, and now you can get your grocery deliver that actually delivers as well. Thousands of grocery stores to choose from. You'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order, right? You get exactly what you ordered or we'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you pick them yourselves. And with easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Here's what you do. You get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $25 value when you use the code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. That's LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. It's a limited-time offer and terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNFL. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Now, Travis, here in our final segment, there are some predictions, what we think could happen in this game. Why I think the Rams will win this game is, one, this Rams offense is built to have sustained drives against this Bengals defense. I think they'll be able to have success in the run game, pound the rock, pound the clock. And you look at third down conversions. The Rams have been great converting on 58.1% of their third down plays. That's second in the NFL. I think two, if Joe Burrow plays, he's not even going to be 100%. He could not play, which would really increase the Rams yep. odds. And then three, my biggest one is Marquis McVay. Rams six and four on Monday night football under Sean McVay. If you look at opening day record, six and one playoff record, seven and three, five and one on Thursday night, all these big games, Marquis McVay is 24 and nine in these big games. I like the Rams tonight to win. I'm going by a final score, 26 to 20 Rams. All right. I'm glad you brought up McVay because I want to talk about something real quick. Watching football yesterday, do you realize how lucky Rams fans are that Sean McVay is the head coach of this team? Do you see how many dumb NFL head coaches there are in this league? Did you watch what Brandon Staley is doing to the Chargers? Did you watch what Josh McDaniels is doing with the uh, with, with the Las Vegas Raiders? We're just dumb decision after dumb decision after dumb decision. And knowing that you can have a pretty darn good football team, you can have good players, and the coach just blows their own foot off with something that doesn't make any sense. 
having Sean McVay at the controls of this is an incredible advantage. I agree with you, not just because he's a great play caller, he's a great motivator, he's great at developing culture, but in the game itself, he doesn't do whack crazy things the way that some of these other guys do. So I think there's a great advantage there. You mentioned it. This is an opportunity that the Bengals have to have, right? They're 0-2 coming into it. They got to have this 0-3 in the NFL is a really big hole that very few teams have crawled out of over the history of this league. The Rams need this one, too. This is a game that went from a game that, you know, the season going, ah, Monday Night Football on the road, Joe Burrow. Well, Joe Burrow might not be there, and if he is, he's not quite right. You look at the rest of the Rams' schedule. Those Arizona games that you thought were a slam dunk are not. That game against New Orleans that you felt might be really winnable might not be. That game against Cleveland and that defense all of a sudden feels like a very different. You got to jump these games when you get a chance, when you have that little advantage. This is the NFL. Everything is so close that when you do have a small advantage, you better take advantage of it. That's tonight. I think it's a very close game. I think it's a pretty high scoring game. I'm going to go Rams 30 to 27. Love it. Now, I agree with you, too. I love what you said right there about the fact that this is more about the Rams than the Bengals, right? The Rams aren't sitting there thinking about Joe Burrow and them going 0-3 and and all those expectations. The Rams are sitting there saying, okay, we have an opportunity to face a team at the right time to put ourselves at 2-1 and and essentially lay the path and the groundwork for a playoff appearance this year when most people said they weren't going to do that. So a big opportunity on Monday Night Football for this Rams team. You get past Cam Akers. I think there's a great vibe along this offense. Puka Nakua, really the story of the NFL, 25 receptions, 266 receiving yards and setting league records. I think that is really pointing to a Rams win tonight. Now, why I think they could lose, and you mentioned it, the Bengals are a desperate team. They're playing at home. Desperate teams are always tough to beat. Now, the Rams just need to play like they played in the first two games. If they play like they played against Seattle, if they played like they played when they went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the league in the San Francisco 49ers and limit turnovers, they're going to win tonight. And I feel confident about it, but the big question, Travis, is two Monday night football games, that just doesn't <laughs> sit well with me, man. I, I like it unless the Rams are one of them, right? Like last weekend, I didn't I didn't hate it because you can flip back and forth. Maybe one game's a little bit better than the other. I like the idea of kind of having a little mini red zone on a Monday night. But with the Rams playing on Monday, I want them to have center stage to themselves. So I, uh, I, I don't love it tonight. I may or may not have taken Philadelphia in my eliminator pool on the other side. So I might have one eye on that as it's taking place. Uh, the way that the Rams lose this game, It's the NFL. Houston beat the tires off of Jacksonville yesterday. Arizona comfortably beat the Dallas Cowboys. Weird. The worst team in this league isn't that bad. The best team in this league is very vulnerable. That's just what makes this league this league. They got to show up. They got to play well. Take care of the football. Don't turn it over. Take it over once. Protect Matthew Stafford. You do those things, you win this game. Who they think going to beat them Bengals? going to be the Rams tonight. Monday Night Football, big game for the Rams, and we'll be breaking it all down tomorrow. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And you can follow Mr. Travis Rogers, the People's Tramp, on Twitter at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house? It's Locked On Rams' house.